Stephanie Schaefer, and you're listening to the North Star Narrative, a podcast from North Star Academy. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you're encouraged, challenged, and motivated by what you learned today. Enjoy the story. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining today. I have a special guest because he is a brother with me in the network. Um, He is working at a school in Ankara, Turkey, Carl Nielsen. And we're actually here this week during the recording. Um, We come together every February for a leadership conference where we learn with one another and learn from each other. And it's been really good this week. And so I said, hey, will you sit down and talk to me a little bit about your school, what it's like living in Ankara, Turkey? Um, your calling, like why, why are you there, and how long you've been in the network. We're going to talk about some of that, but we also want to talk about the devastation that has just happened in Turkey and Syria. Mm-hmm. And Carl has some stats for us that are just staggering and mind-blowing. And um, before I hit record, I was like, I don't even know how to have conversations like this sometimes because it's so it's hard to comprehend what these families, these people have gone through and they're going through. So he's going to give us an update about that. And um, yeah, so Carl, just thank you so much for serving in the network and for joining me for a few minutes now. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I uh, look forward to this conversation and uh, getting to chat about some of the things that are going on in Turkey. Yeah. So I've never been to the school in Turkey. Would love to be able to visit sometime. But yeah, to start off, tell us a little bit about what it's like in Ankara, Turkey. How did you get to that school? Yeah, so I um I've been with the network now for eleven years, and this is my third year in Turkey. So I came from the school in Indonesia. So just a quick shout out to my friends um, at Bice. Um, and so uh, there was an opening here uh, in Turkey, and uh, so the network just called and asked me to consider it. Um, and for whatever reason, I can't really rationalize it, but. Uh, but it just seemed like the right thing to do to make that move. Um, and so uh, we did. And so my oldest daughter was graduating from Indonesia. So she went to university. And then me, my wife, and my youngest daughter uh, decided to make that transition to Turkey during COVID. Yeah. So that was smart. And you're the school director. And the name of the school, <clears throat> yep. I don't think I mentioned it, is Oasis International School yes. Ankara. Yes, Oasis International School Ankara. Yep, that's correct. And I am the director, uh, and I was the director in Indonesia as well. So, so 11 years. 11 years, yeah. Two years in Korea before that, and then prior to being with this organization, um, uh, Nick's Oasis, uh, we spent four years in Papua New Guinea, in Garoka, with the New Tribes Mission. So you've been serving for a while overseas. Yes, since 2007. Yep. So out of the different countries mm-hmm. and areas you've been, mm-hmm. what's your favorite? Oh, you know, the uh, the standard answer, I guess the politically correct answer is that there are favorite things that we had about <laughs> all four countries. And that actually um, is true. I mean, we can really both, my wife and I um, sit down and we often just have fantastic memories from all of those countries. Um, and they're just so different. Uh, you know, you go from living... Um, in a, in a small community in Papua New Guinea, um, where outside the fence, uh, is very underdeveloped and almost like the stone ages. And then we moved to just outside of Seoul, Korea, which is just, you know, almost whiplash. And then Indonesia is kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, and then Turkey is, you know, I've never been in the Middle East before. And so this was just a totally different experience. And so, yeah, we loved them all. We really Mm -hmm. did. Yeah, I know. That's a tough question. Yeah. I hate the favorite question about anything. Exactly. <laughs> anything. It's so hard to pick. But tell us more about the people mm-hmm. in Turkey and, yeah. and living there 
among them and working at mm-hmm. your school? What's it like just to be on the ground? So the the Turkish people are unbelievably welcoming and hospitable, uh, and they really are proud of their country, which they should be. It's a beautiful country. Um, the food is ridiculously good. Um, and just the the history within that country, just being, um, they say it's the crossroads of the world. Um, and really, um, just based on their geography, it really is true. And so, um, you know, they really reach out to us. They love our family, um, and they and and they very much want us to be happy. And I love the fact that they're very confident in their culture. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories to tell is that in my first week there, I didn't know what to order for lunch, and so I'm like. I don't know what to order. And they didn't even bother asking me what I like, what I prefer. They just were like, we got it, you know, <laughs> be done. And so they just showed up with this beautiful uh, meal and it was, uh, it was really great. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's heartbreaking uh, to watch those people go through this, this tragedy uh, that's, that's happening in Southern uh, Turkey um, right now. Um I don't know if you want me to talk about that yeah. now, just kind of what's what's going on there. Um, and I and and I know most of your listeners are have have probably um, heard the just the devastating numbers that are coming out of there. But uh, but as of my last read, the um, you know over forty three thousand um, lives lost, um, and uh, there's some organizations who have said that you know there are still hundred thousand people who are unaccounted for, um, and so. You know, we're really afraid of what the the worst case scenario uh, would could be there. Like those numbers could just really skyrocket. Um, and so, being at an international school when a country is going through this this devastation is just um, you're in a strange place because the whole country mobilized to help. And so, what they the first thing they did was kind of shut down all the schools. So that a lot of the Turkish teachers could be assigned, because they're civil servants in Turkey, they could be assigned to go help uh, the efforts. Um, And so we were in that strange place because all of our parents are either with embassies or with some sort of aid or humanitarian organization, or the vast majority are. Um, And so the best thing we could have done was to stay in school because we wanted those people to be free to be able to go and help and, and do those things. Um, but we were unable to do that just because the Tur- Turkish government closed our school. Um, so we had ended up going online for a couple of weeks, but um, I guess it was just a great opportunity for us to um, uh, show the Turkish people that we were grieving with them too. Like the whole country is just in mourning. Everybody has a connection, um, to somebody who was deeply impacted. Um, you know, we have friends with, with scores or dozens or scores of family members that are living with them now because, you know, or they've had to arrange for housing for them, um, just because homes were ruined. Um, yeah, all the way up to just the worst case scenario where people have lost family members. And um, it's just the the nation is grieving. Um, the nation has mobilized. Um, but there's just a lot of people that still need care. Mm. Yeah, And the day of the recording here is February 23rd. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you can put a timing with those numbers. But mm-hmm. I know here at the conference, you gave us a couple of ways that mm-hmm. people can help. What are some mm-hmm. practical ways, mm-hmm. wherever we are located around the globe listening, that people can help? Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a great organization um, called First Hope Association, um, and that is um, – uh, actually a faith-based organization. So I know that uh, some of the listeners uh, might be interested in giving in, to an organization that is faith-based. Um, and so that is a, is a great one, and, and uh, I can give you that link uh, for that. Um, and then the Red Crescent is, is, is uh, the Middle East version of the Red Cross, uh, and they're doing fantastic uh, work uh, in that area as well. So really, I would encourage whichever avenue you want to go to give to one of those two. Um, you know, sadly, uh, there are organizations that try to take advantage of these situations. Um, and so uh, those are definitely two that, that are trustworthy um, and, and your donations will be, will be um, used well. Mm. Yeah, for those um, like me that aren't great with geography, mm-hmm. tell us how far you were from the I guess the closest impact. Yeah. So, so we're about 400 kilometers away. So we're in the capital city of Ankara, which is almost the center of the nation. And the earthquake happened down in kind of the, uh, the Southern part of Turkey, which would be the Northeast part of the Mediterranean, uh, ocean there. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, that's where uh, the earthquake kind of originated kind of in that top right hand corner of the Mediterranean sea. Were, was anything predicted? Because I know, like right now, <clears throat> Memphis, Tennessee, where I'm located, mm-hmm. it's on a fault line. Like, you know, where sometimes they say California. Like, there's different. Was there any predictions this was ever going to happen, or did it just totally shock everyone? Yeah, it, it's one of those where it's it's inevitable because of the fault line and the activity and the history, and so it's it's like it's known that it's going to happen um, at some point. Um, but I don't think with any measure of accuracy, people can predict when mm. that's going to happen. And so um, it's a pretty active fault line from what I understand. Um, and then these were just a couple of, of, you know, based on what I've read, I'm certainly not a geologist, but, um, but based on what I've read, just kind of the, the pressure from three different plates kind of made this one have a, a very big impact and it's a densely populated area too. So um, it's on the border of Syria um, and there's, you know, a lot of refugees from Syria trying to enter Turkey. And so that's part of the problem with the number counts here is you don't really know who was exactly in that area at that time um, because of the refugee crisis as well. Mm, Yeah. And then how far did it extend into Syria? Um, so it was mostly in Turkey, but, but I would say that probably maybe a third of kind of what they call the affected area was in, was in Syria. Um, but the epicenter was, uh, I'm guessing now just based on the map, but maybe 30 or 40 kilometers from the, um, border of Syria, um, maybe less than that. So, yeah, not sure. So as you return to your school pretty Mm -hmm. soon, what, Mm -hmm. what's your 
biggest prayer or what mm-hmm. your biggest concern like mm-hmm. to rally your school around yeah. to help? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, in these in these times of crisis, uh, as adults, we want to listen and try and figure out what the kids are going through uh, and and how they're interpreting it. Um, you know, for for school to be closed for a day or two, kids don't really think much of it, um, but when it's closed, ends up being closed for two weeks. And then everybody on their phone can look at TikTok and just watch buildings after building fall. Um, and, uh, and it can be a pretty traumatic experience. So our counselors are, um, are really in tune with, and, and we actually had a, a session where um, our counselors spoke to all of our staff just to say, Hey, look, here's some things that you can look for. And here are some things that you should, you know, to provide an opportunity for kids to talk about it and, and whatnot. Um, and then obviously if there's any extended or elevated issues to, you know, have them talk about it with the counselors. Um, but there's a, there's a component of it where you want, you need to show continued empathy. And so we're, continuing to have like um, supply drives, you know, like whatever the current need is, we're getting feedback from those organizations I shared earlier. Um, You know, and so like the last time we did this, the need was toiletries. So we had the kids, you know, we say, hey, look, you can dress down on Monday if you bring a toiletry, you know, and so the kids will just bring these toiletries and then we can uh, ship them down to the uh, affected area. So they like being involved in, in the cause and part of the solution. And then we try to listen and see how these kids are processing it. Um, but at the same time, you want to get back into the normal routine. So that's kind of how we are, we're our strategy there in terms of dealing with things. Tell us a little bit about your students and um, just their hearts and and how you are able to, you know, impact them on a daily basis and a little bit about your school for, you know, people that might listen to this, you never know who's mm-hmm. going to end up in Ankara, but also for people that are considering going overseas to teach. Mm-hmm. What is that like to teach at your school? Yeah, great. Thanks. Um, our school is an absolutely amazing place. Um School is about 435 students. Uh, we have 73 different countries represented, which um, is actually phenomenal. Um, um, you know, we've got about 23, 24% of our student body is American. Then the next highest percentage uh, nationality is 5%. Um, and it's just every, every, it's like every European and Middle Eastern and, um, and Asian uh, nation is like five, three or 2% represented. Um, and it's just really amazing. My daughter, when she graduated, she had a class that had 19 kids in it from 16 different countries. Like it's just, um, just an amazing international diverse student body. Um, and so all of these kids, um, are either with embassies, um, are with humanitarian or other non-government organizations. And so they're, they all have these amazing international experiences. Um, and so, you know, just, you know, watching or discussing the world cup at our school is like, an amazing thing, right? Like, cause, because you literally have representation from every country that's, that's participating in it and, uh, and they're very passionate about it. So, uh, that was a fun thing to do, uh, this past year, uh, with them. Um, 
you know, some of the challenges with our school, which again, which makes it interesting, is, is that it's a, the transitions are incredibly um, fast. And so we have kids starting throughout the year. Um, there typically for about three years is, is the general um, length of time. And then English as a second language is always a um, is always a just a, a component of who we are. So it's it's transitions, it's the diversity, and it's the ESL. So um, so our teaching staff is incredibly flexible because your classroom, you know, you could have, you know, the homeschool kid from Iowa and the kid who you know just came out of the public school in Oman. You know, like it. It's the diversity is just crazy. So, um, so being able to teach and differentiate and being able to reach all of those kids where they're at, um, is, is, uh, it's a necessary component to teachers that want to come, um, and work. Um, uh, if you want to be at a place where you can travel and see the most amazing, um, part of the world, you're just a couple hours flight from, you could be in Switzerland or you could be in Saudi Arabia and you could be in Egypt, you know, like um, Greece, like all of those, just being able to travel and visit is just the opportunities there are phenomenal. Um, and, uh, but yeah, our school is uh, is K through 12. Uh, it's college prep. Uh, we've got um, a wonderful uh programs all through elementary uh, we have a full sports program uh, so we play um, football uh, soccer uh, and then basketball and volleyball are the three big ones um, and uh, um, yeah it's just a great place to be wow it's yeah. cool i love the location yeah yeah it really is if you really do look at a map and just find ankara and then just kind of put a circle around it like it's all the places amazing. you can get to so Yes, fast. all the places you can get to. Just last year, not trying to brag, but Greece, Venice, London, you know, were just trips that we did just on long weekends and, you know, and, and it was fun. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. come visit you. Be my home base. Yes, yes, you can. And if you spend two weeks there, you can, you know, you can see the Mediterranean um, and you can go to the Greek Isles and you can go visit uh, Vienna and Switzerland. And Wow. Yeah, that's so great. Yep. Yeah. And then thinking through the classroom. I can see where it would be a huge challenge, but also so fun mm -hmm. and just unique every day. And mm -hmm. yeah, it be a cool place to navigate on a daily basis. Yeah. And when you think of current events going on right now, you have both sides of almost every international conflict or discussion or conversation. Yeah. You've got both sides literally awesome in your classroom. Going on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, and so then of course, even as the teacher, right? Like you can ask, right? Like get the perspective of the mm -hmm. Ukrainian student and get the perspective from the Russian student and get yeah. the perspective, you know, like you can just go right down every issue that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, and, global um, experience every day. Yep. For everyone. Just, just talk to the kid and see what are your thoughts on this? And so it's, uh, it's really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Which a lot of our schools in the network mm -hmm. have, I don't know if how many get close to the 73 mm -hmm. different nations in mm -hmm. one room together in person. Yeah, that is that is really a differentiator for for Ankara. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think the highest number um, that I know in the network is like around fifteen or sixteen. Um, you know, I know North Star is I'm sure is a different animal um, entirely, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but in in some of the you know the brick and mortar schools, um, yeah, I think that that's a pretty typical mm -hmm. high. Um, I know at Bice we got to eleven and we're like. Yay, you know, which was fantastic for that school. Um, but 73, 
so Ankara has all the embassies. It's the capital city. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have so many um, countries represented is that most embassy yeah. kids will send them to our school. Yeah. yeah. What are you, this is your third year? Third year, yes. What are you most proud of in three years? Oh, wow. Good question. Uh, I would say that my whole push has been to go to a much more collaborative style. Uh, to involve the whole organization top to bottom um, in actual real feedback and real decision making um, and trusting them with positions where they have to make real decisions, you know, on real things that happen at the school. And so um, I think that that's been a lot of fun for us to grow through. Um, and, uh, we, we fortunately had, so we had, I came COVID, so this is my third year COVID first year was just juggling online, um, because the schedule changed all the time. But then the second year was, you know, we started working on our accreditation. So, so it was just great to, because that's the perfect opportunity to, to have people step up and lead and, and just take these great, um, roles and these standards and go through it. Um, but then the one extra piece was that we had a lot of events, uh, that were were kind of handled by one person. And so then that got distributed to the staff as well as they got to chair the fall festival or, or whatever the case may be. So a lot of that um, collaborative, we're working on this as a team and, and kind of the committee structures and you get to see leadership rise to the top um, there. And so that's been great to see. That's been fun to watch. Love That's it. what I like. Yeah. Three big reasons to come work at your school. Yes. Location, mm -hmm. diversity of the students, fun mm -hmm. days every day, yep. and then the collaboration of working with the team. That's right. Awesome that's right. boss like Carl. Oh, well, of course, you know, that's what I'm saying. But it's really the team. You know, it's the team. So we've got, uh, yeah, we've got so a great, fun. great, great group of leaders there um, that, uh, that help. Um, again, I really like to, I'm, inspired by pulling out leadership mm -hmm. from people. Um, and so it is fun to see people step up and, and, uh, and lead well. Yeah. So, and I'm sure they feel invested in, they feel seen. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, that's so important. Yeah. And that, that's, as you know, is important for staff longevity mm -hmm. and, and whatnot to just know that their contributions actually matter. Um, not only to the individual student lives that they're impacting every day, but also, in the organizational community building aspect um, of it as well. So, mm. yeah. Wow. Thanks mm. for sharing all that. Yeah. Amazing, amazing school. So glad yeah. you're part of the network mm -hmm. and that you've been here for a long time. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored cool. to be part of it for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Patriots, you yes. told me that you do watch the NFL. Yes. Not a follower of college sports. Back Correct. in the States, but tell yeah. us about yeah. Patriots, your yeah. love of NFL football. Yeah. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Yes, I. I every Super Bowl um, I will watch at some point. Living internationally, it's not always live. Um, two of the greatest. Um, I won't go into detail, although I could. But two of the best uh, Super Bowl wins by Patriots. I was either following a columnist on Twitter because I was in a taxi somewhere <laughs> um, to find out what, what happened, um, or I was in a hotel room with, with no internet, you know, so that I couldn't follow it live other than little tidbits of information coming through. So uh, that's the downside, um, but, uh, but I, um, I, I do love the Patriots, and I'm 
quite certain that the reason the Patriots had their run of success is because of um, my oldest daughter, Emily. She was born in 2001, which was their oh, okay. first Super Bowl. Um, and then, you know, kind of for 20 years, they were good. And then when Emily moved away out of my house, the Patriots stopped making oh. the playoffs. So um, it really falls on the shoulders of Emily <laughs> Nielsen. So if you... Um, Let's get Emily yeah. back into your house. That's right. Emily needs to live with us forever and then Patriots will win forever. That's the that's the goal. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Favorite player? Oh, I I'm a, I love I've always loved our linebackers, but um, we named um, one of our pets after Vince Wilfork. Um, so he was a defensive tackle. He was huge, um, and he would just um, destroy anything that got in his way. And he was great. I just loved him as a person and as a, as a player. Actually, I don't know him as a person, but he seemed like a nice guy. Um, but, uh, but he was a great player. So I, I've always, I played on the offensive side when I was much younger. Um, but I've always loved the defensive players throughout the NFL. So, but Tom Brady's amazing also. I don't know if you ever heard yeah. of him. But oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know a little bit, a little yeah, bit, little but there's bit. always sports on in my house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we great. do have internet and Wow. What are you, I'm cable, jealous. whatever, yeah. what do you call it? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I'm a little jealous, but, uh, but, but yeah, I do anytime I can, I can watch a game. I, I'm one of those people that where we are in Ankara, the Sunday games start at like 11 at night to four in the mm. morning. And so I'll wake up at two if my team's on wow. and watch the game before I go to work on Monday. Yeah. I'm, I'm You're committed. I do. I, I love it. I really do. So wow, it's a lot of fun. Well, so. you're committed not to just the NFL, but to great work, and so yeah. thankful for you and yeah, your family and all that y'all have invested and are continuing to invest. And thanks for investing in all your staff and teachers. That's so encouraging yeah. to hear. Yeah. So, and thanks I, for joining me for a yeah, few minutes. I love it. Well, thank you too for all that you do and and uh, and for this uh, podcast and for inviting me on. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions for our guest or would like information about North Star, please email us at podcast at nsa.school. We love having guests on our show and getting to hear their stories. If you have anyone in mind that you think would be a great guest to feature, please email us and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming stories.